0: All right, guys, before we get started today, I want to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85 plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like Key Plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the Key Plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only. Terms apply. Cancel any time. What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly powered by YouTube TV. We're a week away from the NFL scouting combine in Indy. As always, joined by Matt Money Smith, who will be in Indy this year. I'm a hold back here in, uh, in Orange County money, but I know you're ready. Yeah,
1: yeah you're going to hold back in uh, what is best known as the Twin City. That's why you're holding back, because <laughs> you're living in Twin City, brother.
0: <laughs> and it ain't, it ain't Minneapolis, it ain't St. No. Paul, brother.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, we'll take care of you. We, we got you covered out there. Yeah, I'm heading out on Tuesday, uh, March 1st. Actually, gonna be out there extended period of time because I'm back to calling the Big Ten tournament this year for basketball. So I'm gonna end up in Indy for about uh, 10, 11 days.
2: Oh my uh, god, dude! I did not know that.
0: So you're, uh, you you packing for like two weeks and? So I'm,
1: uh, yeah. So combine, you know, combines in is is on TV Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we get in Tuesday, got our run throughs uh, and walkthroughs on Wednesday program starts Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night. You know, I'm from the Midwest. So I'm gonna go up to see my parents uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then back down to start calling games on Wednesday, right back in Indy. Wow. Yeah. How about what that? A, it's, a, it's a long time to be in, in the Hoosier state, back home again in
0: Indiana. So yeah what a stretch dude. Well you know I, I'm just I'm glad that the combine will look somewhat normal this year and, and we get yeah. back to that that is this the last year in Indy.
1: Um, don't know. You know, I know teams, teams really like it. there. Um, are perfect for people that that don't know, like the most important thing at the combine is medical. And I guess just the way the medical is set up the hospital, the proximity to the hotels, um, how easy it is for them to get what they need while they're there. The fact that it's centrally located for all these teams, um, because not every team gets to do the medical check. They pick um, I think it might be six teams. I don't know the exact number, but they do uh, X number of medical staffs and then they each perform like their independent exam and, you know, in, in the hopes that they catch anything that maybe another staff might miss. And then they share all that information with all of the teams. So, uh, so much speculation about bringing it out to LA and the NFL facility out here. Um, but I think that, I just think there'll be some pushback on that because L.A. is the least centralized city of any major metropolis in the nation. So I am I think they'd be a little concerned about doing doing it here. Um, and it, it, look, it ain't broke. You know, it's worked for years in
0: Indianapolis. It couldn't be a more perfect city for it. All the hotels, the yeah. convention center, everything's walking distance, even if it's cold. And, and you got your staples, man. You got your, your St. Elmo's and your Kilroy's and, and all these spots that everyone hangs out Asmos, at. Asmos,
1: Rathskeller. Yeah, I like to go yeah. a little... I like to operate on the periphery. You know, if everybody's operating there at at Elmo's and Kilroy's right there, I get outside a little bit. um, Money's going to zig when everybody else is zagging. That's what I like to do. Uh, That's the way I operate.
0: Hey, let's give people kind of a a peek behind the curtain in Indian. Obviously, you know, you talk about the medical, I think medical number one, probably the interviews number two. And, you know, these guys are going to have their pro days. So they're going to do a lot of the same things. Some guys may not do everything in Indianapolis because of their pro days. Um, but this really is the leaping off point for the 2022 season. We're a couple of weeks for free agency. This is where people start talking and, and figuring out how they're going to shape their team for the upcoming season.
1: There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of business that that happens at the combine. There's, there's coaches that were fired, you know, because there are nine guys that got, you know, the guy let go. So there's assistant coaches that are out of jobs that are maybe looking to, to play a, a, even a more support role than, you know, like a linebacker coach or a DB coach or a tight end coach are trying to just kind of catch on. So there's those opportunities out there and maybe bringing in a new set of eyes uh, to a team that, that you just hit it off with someone while you're in, in Indy. So there's that happening on the coaching front. There's a lot of trading of information um, with people, just kind of checks and balances um, where scouts are maybe, and, and I think you mentioned it, it's back to normalcy. So a lot of these scouts were able to, to make it out to games, to, to make it on campus, to get in and dive into some tape with, with coaches um, at these universities, but not everybody, you know, we don't know kind of how everyone and every, uh, you know, franchise was operating. So a lot of times you're trading information with guys, just kind of making sure your eyes are seeing maybe what they saw or get another read on a player that you're not quite sure of. And then, you know, I, for, for whatever reason, I think with the lawsuit that was threatened with the combine there, there was a lot of uh, you know, you know, my favorite thing is Twitter. I like more than that. A lot of Twitter experts pushing back about how the combine is worthless, and that's just stupid. Um, if it was worthless, they wouldn't do it. They they wouldn't spend the thousands of dollars each, tens of thousands of dollars each franchise is spending to bring their guys out here uh, to watch. And it's it, it it's obviously worthwhile. there is there is uh, you know there's merit to what they're doing on the field. You know there are measurables, there are numbers, there are benchmarks that teams simply have that. If you're not a corner that measures at this, if you don't have an arm length that's at this, if, if you don't punch a number in the three-comb that's this, you're off our board. And all of that stuff is gathered. You know, I, I, I don't want to say the name of the coach. People can figure it out for themselves. But I heard a coach that was coming to the league through his interview process with a couple teams basically told the front office that they're, what, what, what do we need you for? I could have all my coaches scout during the season. You know, I I don't, and no, you can't. He says, no, you can't. The NFL season, and I think he learned a a very harsh lesson um, about why you can't do that. And a lot of things that he didn't know about the league uh, that he thought he knew. But so a lot of coaches and a lot of, you know, people are getting their eyes on these prospects for the first time. This is their introduction. And what better way to do that than to see them competing against other players at their position where you can have all, you're not going to have, corner from Washington, LSU, Cincinnati on the field at the same time, doing the same trills within minutes of one another. So you can see it in front of you and start to make those, you know, those evaluations. It's there is so much value in the combine for these teams. The idea that it's not valuable and we could do away with it is just crazy.
0: What's interesting about that is that so many dudes are working out actually in Southern California, literally just preparing for the combine i'll give you an example a couple of years ago i did a piece on basically the prep that goes into that day of running the 40 and doing the three cone and you know you have justin herbert and jordan love and isaiah simmons and aj dillon all on the field together getting ready for this upcoming week so if people tell you that this week doesn't matter they, they don't know what they're talking about because this is a, a huge process and it's not just the on-field it is the interviews and and these guys go over what questions may be asked and um, that's the part we don't see that's not televised but I tell you what that's such a big piece to this puzzle because uh, executives coaches scouts scouts may have more of a relationship with some of these guys um, than coaches in and, and executives at this point but this is their their first impression for for a prospect, getting to know them. If you didn't if, if you didn't play in the Senior Bowl, or you didn't get to interview at the Senior Bowl or some of these other bowl games, this is a huge kind of leaping off point for a prospect to introduce themselves to all 32 NFL teams, both on the field and in the classroom.
1: Yeah, and I you know I, I think there's so many there's so many different avenues that players take to get to the NFL. Um, I think a perfect example is I'll just give you two two All Pros, perennial All Pros. Teron Armstead, Khalil Mack. Teron Armstead dominates at Arkansas Pine Bluff. And when you watch the tape, you're like, okay, this is great. He's dominating at Arkansas Pine Bluff, but what's the level of competition? What happens when, you know, if you were in the yeah. SEC, what would Teron Armstead look like? Well, then he goes to the senior bowl, and it's like, okay. Teron Armstead's now playing well. And then he shows up at the combine, and the guy runs like a four-five-nine forty, and like, Okay, fine. We're good. But now, now all of my boxes are checked. I'm not worried about Teron Armstead playing his college career at Arkansas Plymouth. Same with Khalil Mack. Eh, Buffalo, are we sure? I mean, Jadavion Clowney and then Khalil Mack goes out there and puts on a freaking show. I mean, a laser show through the drills, just bend and movement and explosion. And that was that. Everyone's like, all right, box is checked. Here we go. Um, look, I think for Herbert, the combine I thought was
0: Huge
1: for Justin Herbert. The whole mean, process
0: was huge for him huge. from senior bowl on. So
1: senior bowl, there were still a few questions coming out of senior bowl. You know, the Rose bowl, he wins the Rose bowl, but he ends up using his legs a lot. You know, it's, it's not really a whole lot of working through it because that's what Cristobal preached and coached. And clearly he had a horrible approach for Justin Herbert, but you know, it was kind of like, if it's not there and you're not hundred percent sure take off and run. So there were still some questions about Herbert coming out of the, the Rose bowl. Then he gets to the senior bowl and it still felt like, okay, he looks the part, you know, and, but there was still work to be done. Um, I think there were still people that felt like he was aiming his throws and he was a little too, you know, there's, there wasn't that cut it loose moment and that happened at the combine. He got, I I was standing on the field. I watched it happen. I I saw it in front of me. Um, I watched a coach, you know, one of the guys that was running the drills, have this conversation with Herbert and man, when he cut it loose, you could hear the gasps and the, Oh my God, this is, this is different. You see the ball come out of his hand. And like, and that happened. I mean, that happened on, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have been picked sixth overall by the chargers, but like something happened that day on that field in Indianapolis, where you saw it, you saw him throwing with other big arm quarterbacks and it wasn't close. <laughs> his arm strength was just like, all right, this dude is different. And I think it's solidified. And look, there were still people that came out of that combine saying still not buying it, you know, but, but I think there were enough people that were like, no, 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 that's, that's different. That's different level stuff. And and we're more than happy to get our hands on him if, he, if he's there when we pick.
0: And, and Justin did everything from the senior bowl all the way through the process. Pro day, he, he, he threw, you know, and I don't, I don't fault guys for maybe not wanting to throw or not wanting to run if you're going to do it at your pro day, but Uh, he wasn't scared of doing that and and really checking every box. And and it really was to his benefit. Um, I remember Tom, after they drafted Justin saying that uh, he was the number one player on their board the year before, but he didn't come out. Right. Um, So it it, it was that, you know, I think that year where it it wasn't exactly what he did the the year before. So it almost like he had to like prove himself all over again to everybody. and, And he did that and he kind of put the, exclamation point to your point uh at the combine um yeah
1: it, i'll, I'll big, give you one more real quick i'll give you one more real quick yeah. this is this is my favorite combine story you know i've been doing this for 10 11 years now i think uh maybe even more i don't know but um we used to be before the combine really became an event we used to to broadcast every single minute of every single drill um on nfl.com it was just a live stream and I mean, we would have at times over a million viewers around the world that would just sit and watch us. And we interviewed everybody and we were set up right at the finish line of the 40. It was me and Bucky. Uh, DJ was on there one year. Uh, Lance Zerline was on there. Um, we would have guests come on. Um, but I'll never forget the Andrew Luck RG3 mm. quarterback draft. So we're out there in the middle of the field. And um Russell Wilson comes over to do his interview with us and no one's going to throw. No, it's like, it's, it's this huge, like, are you kidding me? We've got all these great quarterbacks and nobody's going to throw. Um, and Russell Wilson comes over and we interview him. And it's to this day, the best interview I've ever done with a college athlete in my life. I uh, like it just, it blew my doors off how good he was. Um, just, there was something, there was a presence about him. And I remember him walking away and both Bucky and I go and that kids. That's different. That kid's that that special level leadership engagement right there. You could just feel it. And he said, I'm throwing He goes, I don't care if I'm the only one that throws, but I ain't here to, to not throw. And he had to, you know, the guy's clocking in at 511. You know, he's not Andrew Luck or RG3. He had to throw. So Russell Wilson goes out there and he starts going through the drills. And man, for people that don't know, um, I'm assuming most people listen and do. Russell Wilson has a freaking hose. He's got giant hands, and he has got incredible arm strength. So he gets out there and starts spinning it. I mean, it is zipping all. Next thing you know, Brandon Whedon, I'm going to throw. Like Brock Brock Osweiler, you know what? I'm going to throw. And it becomes this competition. And to me, that became – that was – I think that was an indicator. I think that story started traveling around circles like, okay, we got – you know here's a guy that not only is a competitor but has this sort of leadership quality that led to guys whose agents said hey you're not throwing today being like no no no, no. he's throwing I'm following his lead I'm throwing too and it was just really cool moment where now all of a sudden every quarterback's out there throwing because one guy opted to do it
0: 2012 we all knew it was going to be luck in RG3 1-2 so you know if they're not going to throw that's fine but but it's similar to Herbert in that, like, hey, I'm not afraid. I'm a competitor. I'm I'm going to do right. everything you ask me to do. And you look back, what ten years later, Russ is an All Pro player. Kirk Cousins, I believe, was drafted in the third or fourth round that year. Um,
1: fourth round, you had Nick Foles. Uh, I mentioned Osweiler, Whedon, Andrew Luck, RG three. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a stacked. There were just a ton of. Was that Christian Ponder too? I think maybe. Um, I don't I'm remember if sure he was that was year. That, uh, yeah, Ponder he might went, not have been.
0: Ponder was, a, Ponder was a first round. I think Ponder and EJ Manuel, was that the same year those guys both? Yes, went, that's maybe?
1: exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So let's see. Here we go. It was uh, Andrew Luck, uh, Griffin, who went number two. Uh, as I'm scrolling through it here. Where are you? Here we go. Uh, Tannehill. That's right. Tannehill had a screw in his foot, so he couldn't do anything. Uh, but yeah, so Whedon threw, Osweiler through, Wilson through, Kirk Cousins you mentioned, um was the other one and then uh I think I want to say that yes um I think Ryan Lindley is now a coach Mm. um if I remember right but he was out there too and he's a he was and and I think he was one of those other guys that was like all right I'm throwing anyway
0: there we go it's a great story and it's a good segue into you know we talked about the the new league year starting and every year fortunately the Chargers don't have to worry about the quarterback position but I'm going to rip off some names here Aaron Rodgers Matt Ryan Russell Wilson Deshaun Watson Jimmy Garoppolo Carson Wentz I threw Kyler Murray in even though I don't think he's going to go anywhere Uh, but they all have questions and and I think where these guys end up going will kind of set the course for the 2022 season. We already know Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson are in the AFC. Um is Aaron Rodgers going to join the AFC? Is is Russell Wilson? Is Deshaun Watson going to leave and go to the NFC? Um Carson Wentz, what are the Colts going to do at quarterback money? These are the conversations that are probably being had right now and in Indy next week as we kind of get into free agency.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, it's just it's so hard for me to envision those guys moving just because we all know how hard it is to find a quarterback you know if you're the Seahawks or or you're the Cardinals or you're the Packers like there's just no rhyme or reason to letting go of the hardest individual position to find in all of sports it's just you know it it, it, that's why I can't envision it happening you know if Aaron Rodgers you know, it's like, nah, I'm done. And you're like, no, you're not. Here's 50 million dollars a year. He's going to stay. You know, the, it's it, it's I think what people forget about, you know, the, the the world of professional sports is how short your career is. Imagine being told your career is over at 38. You know, your your profession of choice, you, you have you, you have about a five percent chance of making it past 35 you got about a 1% chance of making it past 38. So you've got to make all your money you possibly can in that tight window, which means every single cent matters. And these teams just aren't going to move guys because they don't want to pay them. It's been proven that it's worth it. You know, that there have been so few quarterback contracts where people are like, Oh, that was a mistake. I mean, the only time it comes into play is, extenuating circumstances, right? Injuries that were unforeseen, you know, Carson Wentz was playing at a MVP level before he broke his leg. And then it just became this weird mess last year with the COVID stuff. And so when you take all that stuff out for the most part, guys that get paid perform. So that's why it's hard for me to see. Now at the same time, I'm going to say that out of this side of my mouth and out of this side of my mouth, I say Broncos are going to have a different quarterback. You know, the, the, the commanders, are going to have a different quarterback. Like there are teams that are going to have different quarterbacks. I just don't know if it's the group of players that are competing for those spots that, that you think uh, they're going to be. I know that this is getting some run. And I heard this midway through the season last year. I heard that Mitch Trubisky was looking great in Buffalo, that, that with what Dable was doing with him that they were really, really impressed. I will not be the least bit surprised if that guy ends up in New York and is fighting Daniel Jones for that job. Uh, I won't be surprised if, if that word leaked out and you see him in Carolina or you see him in Washington uh, or even Denver. I, I think he's going to end up as a starting quarterback this coming season. So it may not be the Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers that you're talking about, it might be another level of players, James Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, that you start to see find their ways to new teams.
0: Yeah, Trubisky's very interesting because he went to the playoffs twice in, in Chicago. And, and I think everybody just thinks of just you think negativity. I don't know, maybe because of the relation with him and, and Watson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the Mahomes why. and Watson that's narrative, yeah. 100%, 100%. So I, I am interested to see, especially, it's weird to say commanders, but the commanders, like, what are they going to do? Are they are they going to go for a, a guy and, and swing for a Russell Wilson who's from Virginia well, and, and go all in? Or are they going to have to hit that second and third tier market with Jameis and Trubisky? Uh, the Carson Wentz stuff is really interesting to me because you know, I think Chris Morrison reported that they're going to trade or release him. So. Yeah. What's your plan B in Indianapolis when you have a pretty good roster all around the quarterback? I mean, do you, do you go in house with Ellinger or, uh, or, or Eason, or what's, what's the backup plan in India? Really your plan A if you plan on moving away from Wentz.
1: I mean, look, what was Jacob Eason? Was he a second rounder, third rounder? I mean, you know, that's a, it was a mid round pick, you know, he was definitely a, he was not a, Hey, this is going to be a backup pick. It was a draft and develop pick. So, you know, Frank Reich is supposed to be a quarterback coach. Um, I would imagine that might be plan A, uh, whether or not it's a great plan. Look, sometimes it doesn't work out that way for the Steelers. It's not going to be Mason Rudolph. I don't care what they say. They've already seen enough to know that guy's a backup. You know, he is not a starter. So there's another one. Um, You know, we're going to see, we're probably going to see four quarterbacks go in the first round, Um, whether or not you think it's a good quarterback class or not, I, I think. You know, I think for sure you're going to see Pickett at Corral and Malik Willis go in the first round. And you might see Sam Howell and you might see Desmond Ritter go at the back end. So, you know, you could be you're talking about four spots. I don't think they're talking about three spots. Those three guys are going to go in the first round. Um, Pickett's going to go first and then either Willis or Corral are going to go next. Um, And and then maybe Sam Howell creeps in there as well if somebody really likes him. Um, So that's that to me is going to happen. So there's four of your spots right there where you then have your bridge quarterback, you know, you know, whomever it may be, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, those sort of things.
0: The the biggest thing I think for Chargers fans is to keep an eye on Denver because you're right. There's going to be a new quarterback there. We don't know who it's going to be, but there will be a new QB one in Denver for sure. All right, guys, a quick break to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85 plus TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like Key Plays. Just be sure to record the Key Plays view right in the YouTube TV app, catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. Hey, I I wanna shift over to DJ's mock draft. I know these are fun exercises. He's gonna have a bunch of them, Um, but, it was interesting. Number 17 chargers, Chris Alave. And, and I, I think about, okay, let's say you bring Mike Williams back. You have Keenan Allen, you have Joshua Palmer, and you still draft Chris Alave just the weapons on the outside for Justin Herbert. It would be fun to envision money. I don't know how, how you would get the ball to everybody, but nonetheless could be interesting yeah. to see those four dudes on the field together.
1: I think to me, that's a, uh that's a pick where Mike Williams isn't back with the chargers, you know, Josh Palmer takes over for Mike Keenan's there and you, you get a Lave, and that just, he's going to run in the high four twos, low four threes. So, and then you get that speed element, right? Um, so that to me is what that projection is. Um, look, Tom and and his team have always been best player available. If, if they think he's the best player on the board, that's, you know, that's what they're going to do. And, and look, I've heard him say it you're not drafting for 2022 you're drafting a player to be a charger for the next 10 years you know it's it's not about plugging in needs at that moment because you know who knows if that player doesn't turn out to be great he's not going to be around in four years so what does it matter um that he filled a hole if you don't think he's as good as someone else um I look Olave's is great there you know there there's Drake London's great there, it's a really deep class Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams could be there with it. And, you know, because of the injury that he, I'm sure he would have been a top 10 pick if it weren't for the injury. So there's, you know, it's, it's interesting and it's fun. You know, one thing just not to, not to, you know, kind of pull the curtain back on people taking these things seriously. Certainly DJ wants you to consume his mock draft, but he's got to do like four of these things oh, yeah, for this- five of them. This so, is for entertainment remember, purposes
0: only. Let's yeah, be honest.
1: You know, now there are, I think there are some, like there's some things on there that I think you can read into, you know, like to me, I see the Giants and he's got Travon Walker going there at five and the Giants fans are freaking out. And it's like, well, you know, know your personnel and by personnel, I mean the people that are making the picks and, and what their past has shown you as a guide to, you know, what they value. You know, when when you look at the giant, what has Buffalo done every year? They draft D-linemen. They've drafted a ton of D-linemen to load up that front. And that's how that, that franchise was built. Well, now their guys there, they need help up front. And so that's like I think there's certain things that that do hold. Carolina needs an O lineman desperately. That their O line is a disaster. Um, so you know, I think there's things that are in there like that, that that do have value and could end up sticking.
0: So I'm with you, too. I I know you're you're drafting for the next decade, but I I think this year's Chargers team is also drafting to get to a bowl ASAP. And if Chris Alave can produce Jamar Chase numbers or Justin Jefferson numbers in his rookie season like those dudes, and you put them alongside Keenan Allen, let's say Mike Williams isn't there, or shoot, even if he is there, I mean, those, like Jamar Chase was – the difference in them getting to a Super Bowl this year. So, like, you, yeah. can, you can find a difference-making playmaker um, and you pair him with with Justin Herbert. Again, we're, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different scenarios over the next couple of months, but I just thought it's fun because he's he's also, I think, a San Diego kid, and he had 2,700 yards, a uh, uh, school record, 35 touchdowns. Alex Farkas is not going to talk. He's, he's an Ohio State guy, and I know he's listening to this right now. If he wants to jump in and, and give me his take on these two Ohio statewide receivers, if he didn't go away from his computer, I'm happy to hear it, Alex. So I'll give you a couple seconds if you want to jump in. But if not, no worries. But I do think Chris Alave... Eric, I mean, there's
1: only one way to get him into this conversation, Chris,
0: if he's actually
2: it? there. <laughs> I'm I here. say, I'm I
1: say,
0: O-H.
2: I-O. <laughs> hey. All right, and Alex.
0: Alex, and there he is. We, we hear your voice. Chris Alave to the Chargers. Why would it make sense?
2: Well, you can take either Chris or Garrett Wilson. I mean, both dudes are absolute studs. I mean, Chris has been a tenured guy at Ohio State, played all four years there, and Garrett was really just um, very talented. The man's got sticky hands. If you look at that Clemson game um, in, I believe, 2019, the Fiesta Bowl. Freshman year, yeah. Yeah, look at that catch on the sideline uh, in the first quarter. Really, really talented. And Chris is just so smooth. I mean, if you listen to any of the calls that – gus johnson or joe clatt were on they just say he is smooth like butter i mean i kid you not that man is silky smooth he is a very talented guy california kid like you guys said and just gets it and he's really talented on and off the field
1: i'm, I'm trying no, to remember i'm trying to remember what pro day it was who we were watching why why we were watching ohio state
2: justin fields um,
1: was it yes Exactly, Alex, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and uh, and I remember like going, man, the heck with this. Regan Olave is what I'm watching. Like he, <laughs> he, would, he put on a show on the pro day.
2: Well, right. when, when Chris was a freshman, sorry, one more thing. When Chris was a freshman. What I'm thinking of,
1: right? It was when he was a freshman, Alex. What pro day was that? Why was it such a big deal?
2: Dwayne Haskins, probably.
1: That's exactly what it was. That's Haskins. exactly what it was. It was the Dwayne Haskins pro day. Olave's a freshman and I can remember everybody that was there saying, dude, we can't talk about this guy. We can't even look in his direction. But Olave is a freak.
2: Yeah. Well, when he was a freshman, everyone's kind of got their mentor, like they get an upperclassman. And you know who his mentor was? It was Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yep. there you go. So, I mean, you, you've seen what Terry's done in the league. And uh, that's how he was at Ohio state. So he's kind yep. of taken that leadership and applied it there. So that is
1: exactly what it was. They were there. Dwayne Haskins did not have a good pro day. Alave did. <laughs> and he was a freshman.
0: Alex, last thing, Herbert to Alave. Would do you think? Do you think Alave would have Jabbar Chase type impact on, on a team next year? Or do you think he's a, a tier kind of below Jabbar Chase and Jefferson?
2: Absolutely. You get any of those guys? I mean, shoot, Jameson, William, Jameson Williams was a uh, Ohio State guy, and then he transferred. So that wide receiver room is deep. They Either one of those three would be solid. So the one, the one thing
1: I would say uh, about Jamar, and uh, look, Jamar is, a, Jamar is a freak. Like he's just, if you look at his lower body, the way he's built... He's like, I think if you were to talk to DJ um, or to some of these guys that are, you know, McShays and, and Bucky, and they, they would probably, I think, take any of the top three last year over any of the receivers in this draft. Chase to me is in a category to himself. Nobody's close to that. money. do and you then, remember when he
0: had all those drops in preseason? People oh, yeah. freaking out.
1: <laughs> I talk about the rotation of the ball, and it's like, dude, I've seen too much of this guy and him just wreck the SEC. But then I think, I think teams would probably even take Waddle or Devontae Smith ahead of any of the receivers in this in this group. I think people forget just how it's – it's well, you can't forget the guy won the darn Heisman. He was so dominant at Alabama. Um, and I think Waddle, you know, you're just starting to see Waddle because he's just coming back from that injury. But you started to see it toward the end of the year, just the explosion and the strength that Waddle has as well. So, like, to me, that's – you know, Alave's – he's fast, you know, he's plenty big, he's big enough, you know, um, but I don't think he's quite that Jamar Chase, 205, 210 pounds, ragdoll defensive back style um, of receiver. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Like what people forget is why receivers, they're they're all so different, you know, Drake London, who's who might be the first receiver taken in this draft, he's a giant. I mean, he is a massive human being with just this huge catch radius, 50, 50 balls, red zone target. Um, You know, you mentioned Garrett Wilson. He's this explosive athlete. A is a super smooth um, route runner. So like each receiver has sort of something different that they're, that they're offering. Um, And that's what made chase so special is he was the whole package.
0: Uh, A Justin Herbert, deep threat, would be a lot of like, you know, we saw T Billy and we've seen Jalen yeah. Guyton um, get loose, but having Justin air it out to a guy like Alave could be, fun, 100%. you know, be awesome, like the greatest show on turf here at, at SoFi stadium. All right. Hey, a few, uh, a few other notes from DJ's mock, just guys we've talked about money. Uh, I know uh-huh. you're high on Trent McDuffie. He's got sure. him number 12 to the Vikings, George Karlaftis. We don't know what's going to happen with Chenna number 13 to Cleveland. Uh Derek Stingley to Baltimore at 14. Uh Devontae Wyatt, the other guy from Georgia. Uh DJ says he was a force at the senior bowl at 16. And then Devin Lloyd, surprisingly, number 21 to New England. These are all guys that we kind of talked about in that range at number 17.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, in the case of Lloyd thinking he wasn't going to make it out of the top 10, and he might not. You know, it's like I said, DJ's got to do five or six of these. So yeah, you're going to have to have some movement just to keep it fresh, have some new names pop in at the back end of that draft that, you know, that weren't there before he's got Jordan Davis all the way down at 32, you know, and we were talking about him at 17. Um, now also there's a lot more tape watching. You know, it's hard to watch 500 prospects and get through the tape and get through as much as you really need to. So maybe you just scratch the surface, you get a game or two in there. And then as you start to hone your board, you know, DJ has got to do the top 50. He's got to do Bucky's got to do his top five by position. And you've got to put together your mock drafts. You start to watch more and more tape. Um, and that then kind of gives you a better evaluation. Um, like, but it's, it's funny how it works. Like, you know, I'm doing the show with Bucky and Lance and like Bucky has Charles Cross as his number one offensive lineman, you know, DJ, I think has got him at number five. So it's, it's funny how these evaluations work out. You know, I like when the Giants drafted Andrew Thomas, People that I have been talking to, they did not have him as their best ranked tackle. They had had him behind Jedrick Wills, behind Tristan Wehrs, behind uh, Mekhi Becton. But he was number one on the Giants board. Now he's starting to come around. He had a rough first go, but he had a much better year last year. So, you know, that may end up panning out as being the best tackle. Who knows? So it's just important to remember that, you know, for people that are looking at mock drafts and, and, you know, top 50 overalls and stuff, that may not be what the Chargers have. You know, their board, everybody's board is different, Um, you know, and some kind of reflects need more than overall talent. So don't get too caught up if the Chargers draft someone that was all the way down at number 28 uh, in your favorite guy's mock draft. And don't freak out and think somebody fell to you, you know, because he was at number eight in your favorite guy's mock draft. You know, each team evaluates these players differently.
0: No question about it. All right, as we wrap this up, so we'll hear from Tom and, and Coach Staley next week. First time we hear from Coach since uh, the season ended, and Tom was a couple of weeks after the season. Um, these are pretty, matter of fact, talking about the draft. Anything you, you want to hear, what, what you're expecting from from Tom and Coach?
1: Well, I think, you know, probably the, the most important thing, really, is just free agency. Yeah. You know, we'll be, we'll be a week into, we'll be, when they talk, it'll be a week since you could apply the franchise tag. Um, you know, they're not going to show their hand for, for anything, but, you know, I think you're probably hear about the, the remaking of the coaching staff again, you know, and new special teams coach, new offensive line coach, you know, new offensive consultant. Um, you know, maybe some more self-reflection when you get further away from the season, recognizing, you know, what you liked, what you did well, what you need to improve. I think it's going to be a lot of that, um, and, you know, what, what I really hope we hear is, Hey, we've had some, what I, what, if you're asking me what I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear we had really productive talks with Chenna's people and we feel really good about that. That's what I would like to hear. You know, <laughs> we feel really good about the conversations we're having with, uh, with Chenna and Mike Williams people. We feel really good about that going forward. That would be, um, that would probably be the thing I'd like to hear most.
0: No question about that. And, and I, I hope we get some of those guys back that, that fit what coach wants to do defensively. I think Chenna fits really anywhere and, and he really proved that towards the end of the year. Um, What are you going to be doing for NFL network? So we can, we can mark our calendars and set our DVRs money.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, because I, um, because I connect with the kids so much, my platform is digital, uh, which is what the kids love. So all of my stuff is on the NFL YouTube channel, it's on the NFL app. It's through NFL.com. We're, we are doing the pre-show every day. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to do the hour before the combine gets going. And I'm doing it with Bucky, who, you know, is former scout for the Panthers, oh, yeah. for the Seahawks. And I'm doing it with Lance, whose dad, Lance Zerline, who's the guy that writes up all 600 bios. So he's got to watch more film than anybody else at NFL Network. Uh, Lance's dad, for people that don't know, a long time, well-respected offensive line coach uh, in the NFL for about 50 years. So Lance, uh, Bucky, and me, uh, and I are going to get after it. And that'll be, what is it, 3 to 4 Eastern. So noon to 1, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I think Sunday might be a little bit earlier. I think Sunday might be 11 to 12, if I remember right, Um, because that's the day everybody gets out of town.
0: I can't wait for that. Um, We'll have you from indy next week we'll get some guests as well um we'll figure out a good time to make it work but we'll have you covered charge.com will be there in indy um get all the personalities from around the combine talking about the bolts as we get to the 2022 season looking forward to it brother
1: 100 can't wait enjoy uh southern california i think it's like one degree in indianapolis right now so
0: dude it's uh, listen it's cold here it's it's, it's very cold, here. cold. and i know that it, let's say if you're a chargers fan that it's not in california right now you're like all right relax it's not cold oh, no. it's cold it's cold it's
1: cold i went yeah i went surfing this morning and it's easily the coldest that it has been in the water in probably a year and a half since it's been at least a year and a half since i've been that cold uh, i think it was 39 when i got out of the car this morning uh, there was an offshore wind. The water was cold. And I was like, this is, what are you doing? You dope. Um, but hey, it ended up being all right.
0: I'm, I'm like 15 years removed from the East Coast. So I'm, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, I got yeah, soft. 30,
1: 30 years, dude. Yeah, 30 years I've been here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all so,
0: right. That's going to do a- it for us. Uh, we're powered by YouTube TV. Charges Weekly. For Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Harry.